sentire media. I believe that it is possible to indicate a list of characteristics that are typical of what I would like to call eternal fascism. It is still around, sometimes in civilian clothes. It would be so comforting if someone came onto the world scene and said, I would like to reopen Auschwitz. I want the black shirts to march once again on parade in the Italian squares. Unfortunately, life is not that easy. Fascism can still return under the most innocent of guises. Our duty is to unmask it and to point it out in each of its new forms. Every day, in every corner of the world. Umberto Eco When starting a series on fascism, we must first define exactly what we are talking about. What does the word fascism mean? Well, the word comes from fascio, which was basically a bundle of rods or sticks. So in English you could translate it into fascies or bundle. In a certain sense you could say that fascism as a synonym could be bundleism or something like that. It was a term coined by Benito Mussolini, the founding father of fascism. The symbol itself, that of a bundle of sticks or rods, goes back to Etruscan times, then inherited by the Romans and even the ancient Greeks. You could also find an axe in the middle of this bundle, and it became a symbol of magisterial power, the power of life or death over those who were being judged. It is a symbol, the fascio, that doesn't have the same stigma perhaps as the swastika, which is now associated with absolute evil. Indeed, we can find the fascio all over the world, even in the American Congress or in other European countries. To help me define fascism, I've called in Matteo Marconi. So, Matteo, thank you very, very much, first of all, for coming and being the co-host for this mini-series on fascism. Ciao a tutti. And so, Matteo, you've always said something that I like very much about fascism and, and our attempt to define fascism, and that is it was a movement that was action before ideology. So there's sort of a big difference between maybe communism that was an ideology that then was put in practice with various tragic results. Here we have something that is not born as an ideology, but then becomes one after the action. There is no fascism uh, without Benito Mussolini because he is the father of an idea which was a movement in some way. 
he, he began as a socialist, then in, it turned out to be a nationalist. He supported war, then he was a pacifist uh, in some way. Then, in, in some way, he looked around what was useful for his uh, ideas or for his purpose, and then he fixed them these things about uh, what was um, much more important for him. So we we, we don't have a, 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 a beginning for fascism, an ideal, um, a book or a, a ideology. Yeah, we don't have a, a handbook, let's say, for fascism. No. We have a man picked around ideas um, everywhere and took what he needed to go forward, to have success, to succeed, to command. And... Um, at the end, we have an, ideolo an ideology uh, at the end of, the, of this process. But in the beginning, there was a, some kind of uh, chaotic ideals mixed all together, a patchwork of ideals that was uh, uh, not, not static. Then he picked uh, the things he needed and created something new. But at the beginning, we had nothing. We had only Benito Mussolini, who, 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 who wanted to... To rule, wanted to. We wanted to reach, and we wanted to reach power and, power, and maintain power. power for itself. Power for itself mm -hmm. in the, at the beginning. Then fascism came later. At, in the beginning, as you said, there was a. At the beginning, we had only action before an ideology. We had just a man, a single man, who wanted to rule. Then we uh, we end when when he saw when he choose he chose the right things he needed. Then we had fascism, which is a strong belief, but it's <laughs> in, at the end, it becomes strong at the end. But in the beginning, we had nothing, just a man who wanted to rule. So would it be correct to say then that we couldn't have defined fascism until fascism was over, basically? Yes, I think this is really correct. This is a paradox, but in the beginning... Uh, to define fashion, we had to do a sort of personality test uh, about <laughs> yeah, an aptitude what, uh, test for Benito Mussolini was in, uh, and uh, where where he was born, what were their personal um, ideals, on who was his father. Yeah, where and we'll talk about born. that in episode two. So we'll, we'll trace his early life in, in episode two. In the beginning, two. it's a psychological uh, and profiling. <laughs> if we want to talk about fashion, exactly. then we can talk about fashion. But in the beginning, we have Benito Mussolini. So we can say first action, psychological profiling, and then we can then, speak of an correct, ideology correct, later. Yes, I think we have, in, in fact, the real fascism, I think, in Italy, it neo-fascism, who came after, after, Mussolini. after the Second World War, after fascism was defeated. And the real ideology was built after he was dead. And we have a structure for neo-fascism, which is in Italy, which, which in Italy has, has, has uh, have had a long life, from uh, 1945 until now. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And now there is a uh, fascist ideology, but I think uh, before uh, he, it collapsed, we cannot define really. Uh, what we we can do something, <laughs> we can um, provide something, but in the end, the fascism, the fascism came out in the end. Exactly, what? and that's a fascinating concept. The paradox that you can only start to define fascism as an ideology after the death of Benito, of Benito Mussolini. So yes, after that, we have 
we we just have a complete look what happened and we can say what what it was and uh, what it is because uh, it's still uh, uh, yeah fascism is a label that used is now everywhere. used everywhere yes yeah. yeah, not not worldwide a... <laughs> label worldwide yeah. brand it's just like a, a brand and um, commercial brand it's uh, worldwide known everyone who want to use fascism as a brand knows what to pick and to choose to to apply to us from, from that, uh, experience. that experience okay well let's try now that we are uh, at a certain distance historical distance from the first manifestation of fascism the the the, the fascism of mussolini and so i, I mentioned in the intro matteo the this symbol il fascio so the the bundle the the, the bundle of sticks with the axe T- tell us something about the history of il fascio of, the, of this symbol of this object if we will um, Mussolini was a, a very uh, intelligent person. He was a, he was a cultured a, person. Culture, yes, he was a teacher, and he knew what to say and when to say things. Fascio Littorio, which uh, is a, a symbol of a judiciary power in the ancient Rome, it means "ius uh, vite acnetis" in in English, the will. And uh, the power to kill or to save a person in a in a trial, and uh, and in um, it was used to show strength in numbers because the axis, which is in the center of the uh, of the bundle, of the yeah. bundle means the power, but the bundle means the number of people who collect toge- together yeah. and are powerful. It was used in the. Uh, um, and French Revolution as a symbol, and uh, it's not that uh, I, I think uh, Benito Mussolini was quite intelligent because uh, he chose a symbol which uh, was very common and uh, it was not a negative symbol. And at the beginning, you 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 do not uh, you do not uh, see this symbol as evil. It was a. a as a, well, I mean, if you think about the meaning in itself, it's not. It's a good meaning. I mean, there is strength in numbers because the idea is that one stick or one rod alone can easily be broken. Whereas if you have a bundle, it's more difficult to break it. So strength in numbers. And so he had this, this uh, uh, meaning that is uh, quite uh, similar to uh, socialist ideals because Mussolini began as a socialist and uh, strength in numbers, is, I think, is... Uh, uh, quite uh, an, an uh, lefty idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a left-wing idea. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the fascism, he came back to his uh, maybe for uh, some reason uh, not so pure. He came back to his uh, or- original ideals of socialism, and we had at the end of the fascism we have we had a sort of uh, lefty fascism, uh, social fascism. Yeah, yeah. In the Repubblica Sociale. Yeah, indeed, the social republic, La Repubblica Sociale, was the, the sort of the puppet regime that was set up by the Nazis uh, the, after after 1943. Yes. So in the beginning, this this kind of imagined was a, a, a very intelligent brand, imagine uh, a very um, intelligent choice uh, choice for customers. Yeah. <laughs> it was good it was good branding. It was good marketing. Yes, at the beginning. because in Italy in that period we had lots of uh, 
revolts mm-hmm. and uh, uh, from uh, workers from uh, industries and uh, so it was a sort of a, a symbol which collected together lots of people with different ideas from left to right he moved together the veterans with the socialists with the farmers and uh, i think in the beginning his idea was to to get more people as possible from left or right uh, it didn't matter where they came matter. from as long as they subscribed is, to his yes, this is, idea this was the the good uh, beginning the mm. good symbol for uh, for a beginning of what he didn't know <laughs> Yeah, indeed, the, the very first, and then we'll talk about this as we move through our analysis of, of the birth of fascism. Uh, he started off with, with combat groups, i fasci di combattimento, so these, com, these fascist combat groups, which collected a lot of ex-veterans of the, of the First World War. And we'll talk about the, you know, the, the vittoria mutilata, the mutilated victory, and a lot of the uh, propaganda that, 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 <laughs> that Mussolini uh, used at the beginning. But let's stick for the moment with uh, our attempts to define fascism, to give a definition of fascism, at least the fascism of Mussolini to begin with. I, I know, Matteo, that you, you, you often talk about the way in which Umberto Eco tried to give a definition of fascism in his book Eternal Fascism. What attempts did Umberto Eco make to try and define fascism? He tried to fix some uh, eternal characteristic of uh, fascism. Some permanent Permanent, mm. permanent uh, characteristic of uh, fascism. In a, a small book you can, you can uh, find easily everywhere. It's taken from a lesson he held in Columbia University in the 80s, I think. And he tried to fix the more important uh, characteristic of fascism. And uh, there are a few. The list is very, very simple because <laughs> the hate uh, towards minority. So hate towards minorities. Minorities. Hate toward elites, mm-hmm. which is quite strange because you hate minorities and you hate elites. So you hate everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there is a celebration of death instead um, against a life which is uh, uh, static. You have to do action, action for action itself, mm-hmm. action in war, action against the, the enemy, because the enemy is the mo- most important thing in fascism. You have, to have, you have to have an enemy. If you don't have an enemy, you mu- must build him. Yeah, you must create the create enemy, it yeah. because you don't you don't create an enemy. You you cannot have a, a fashion. You cannot have nationalism in particular, and uh, yet towards uh, elite we and uh, elite as a cultural elite, political elite, democracies, and there is a sort um, there is a, something which is very intelligent, I think, uh, in fascism because is. Um, a strong, more a strong um, recall for people who is frustrated from mm-hmm. life. Yeah, it collects these frustrated people. You who... cannot, you know, you know, your life is ruined, is going to hell. You have, you did not what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But fascism so shows you if something happened in your life wrong, it's not your fault. <laughs> there is an enemy. There is a a stranger. Uh, a foreign agent, a foreign or agent, a or minority, a, or a minority, somebody to blame, or or Bilderberg who's mm. working, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, behind you, and 
And so whatever happens to you is due to something which which you have to to fight. It's not your fault uh, at the end. And this is a very strong... Uh, Which is a wonderful message for somebody who instead, you know, is, is, in a, is in a frustrated period of their life and then they don't know how to get out of it. The message, it's not your fault. Come with me and we'll get the ones who are to blame for your current yeah. condition is a wonderful message for, for people who want to get out of their situation. And so the creation of the, of the enemy, I think this is a, the more, more strong idea of, of fascism. And the creation, another thing very important is the creation of a nation, of a, a nationalism. In Italy, it's quite strange because uh, it's, uh, when, when Benito Mussolini came out, Italy was a very young nation. Absolutely. Very divided in regions. Yeah, we have to consider that when, when Mussolini was born, Italy had only been created 20, 20, 30 years before his birth, let's say. The idea of a united Italy before that, you know, you didn't have Italians, but you had Tuscans, you had uh, Milanese, you had uh, Neapolitans and so on and so forth. So he, he created an idea of Italy in a certain sense. And so he created the, the idea of Italy, he created Italians and by creating an enemy. Uh, these things are connected, I think. You cannot create a nation without creating an enemy, I think. He created an enemy, then he created Italy. Because Italy without an enemy was not an, an appealing idea, I think. At the time, yeah. You, need, you needed someone to kick out of the country or someone to fight to be able to create that, that country, let's say. The, most, the, the enemies were, were the United States, the England, uh, corrupted uh, parliamentary regime systems, yeah, system, yeah. sorry. Yeah, we must remember that Mussolini had great contempt for parliamentary systems, uh, even though he, he strove to be elected in, in the parliament. And he, you know, in, in, as, as we speak, you know, the 100th anniversary of the elections, which saw the first fascist delegates in the parliament was a, a regular election. So he did participate in the electoral process. As Hitler did, they uh, used the democracy to get the power. Then they decided this was a, a corrupted system. They, they put the contempt against this system, who was uh, very important for their election at the beginning. So in trying to define fascism, we've mentioned action for action's sake, the creation of an enemy, an external or internal enemy, uh, a contempt for democracy and democratic processes. What else can we say? How else can we define fascism? Action for action's sake is, is a good definition, I think, as well. And in, in, in this attempt to find a post-fascism definition of fascism. Action for itself, because in, the, in that period we had a, a cultural movement in uh, lit literature, we had uh, decadentism. And, uh, and also we, futurism, futurism was an important influence in fascism as well. We had futurism, whose, whose motto was, uh, let's kill the moonlight. <laughs> uh, futurism just celebrated war as a, a kind of regeneration. So it was action for itself. Just destroy to build something new, but destroy without... Uh, without substituting anything. Uh, yes, without an idea. War for itself, because the war is the regeneration of the ancient values who had to be, uh, to be burnt. 
And so we had in literature, we had decadentism, who always talked about uh, uh, death uh, and uh, attraction for death. And, uh, so, so the destruction of traditional uh, established values or the recreation. Uh, of a recreation, but, but without uh, saying without, well, without what, what, what will come next. And so fascism, uh, um, Mussolini, uh, I think, not fascism, because fascism is a creation of Mussolini, smelled what was uh, happening all around him. Also speaking about, let's say, futurism, Matteo, we, we can look at one of the, the contrasts in, in the fascist ideology, which was, on the one hand, this love for futurism, machines, steel. You know, Mussolini once said, you know, hopefully the time will come when we no longer speak with the pen, but with symphonies of steel machines. And so this love for, uh, for technology, for hard, cold steel. But at the same time, we had to have these traditional family values in which women were relegated to baby-making machines and you had to have the farming values of the patriarchy and so on. So another contrast in this, in this contrast, patchwork big, of ideology. Patchwork. This is patchwork because he thought of, of a nation built by farmers and warriors and... Uh, but and, uh, when he went to war, we had not the machines, we had not aeroplanes. We, we were had totally no unprepared. Industry. We had uh, bayonets and <laughs> farmers, really. So um, it's quite uh, strange. Uh, it's, it's a really patchwork of ideas. We, we can not easily put together, two them together. To, it's not a current... It's uh, not a coherent, coherent ideology. ideology. Maybe it took what he needed because farmers... And uh, family values was very useful for um, for uh, the, the church to have support from the church industry and the buildings. The building of a future made of technology was a, a strong uh, support to the industrial yeah, for elite, the industrialists, which yes, exactly, for gave the, him uh, lots of uh, support during yeah, his, for the, the bourgeoisie of of the cities. Let's yes. say so he was able to appeal to them on the one hand with the, the, the futurist values and on the other hand the traditional farming yeah. values. So we can say as uh, what fascism is, is a creation of a man who wanted to rule and he took what he needed to, to rule, to follow his path. But uh, the ideas stuck together are not so they're not always coherent and okay. sometimes they cancel each other out so yeah I, I, Matteo, I think that's a great definition so we can give our definitive definition of fascism as the actions and then ideas of a man who borrowed from various sources and from various experience to create a patchwork that then became uh, one of the most dangerous ideologies in the 20th century yes in some way um, what happened to fascism is not uh, due to Mussolini. It's a creator that, just like the golem, he, he, became, he became something he couldn't uh, control himself. Well, exactly. Already, we, we, and then again, we'll have the opportunity to talk about it in a later episode. Already in 1925, we see that uh, Mussolini started in part to lose control because the, the, the fascist laws of 1925 were something which was almost imposed by the more extreme wing of the fascist movement on Mussolini himself. In so, some way, he started something he couldn't control in some time of his life. And he went out of control most of the time. I'm, I'm telling this not to 
to say he was uh, unaware of what what was happening. He, he knew everything. He chose what to do. He knew what what was happening. But in some way, he followed what was happening, and uh, he followed the. the the wave. Yeah, he adjusted <laughs> to to the wave of what was happening. And without, he could stop the fascists from uh, the drift of being uh, so criminal in some way. It began as a criminal uh, regime. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Well, for, even before it became a regime, it was a yes, criminal organization. But he could he could do something to to stop what's what was happening. But he decided that, that to let it happen. To let it happen. So he's responsible. I think uh, it's it's uh, it's not uh, we cannot ju- justify him. He was more more responsible of what 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 was happening because he could do something. He could have done well again. You know the eternal debate. Uh, those who just stand by and let things happen are often as guilty as those who are uh, performing the actions as as they go. He along. had the power. He had the power to do, to stop it, but he decided to go. He chose on. not to. He chose not to. He he decided to execute his son-in-law. He he chose the racial um, legislation. Yeah, uh, 1938, the racial laws. Yeah. To, he, he decided to follow Adolf Hitler. Very, he was free to do what he wanted, and so um, his responsibility are enormous, total. It's oh. <laughs> unforgivable. Yeah, we we can say just because. Uh, Mussolini didn't always guide the situation and, and sometimes he just reacted that doesn't make him any less guilty. Not at all, not at all. We hope you found that first conversation on fascism interesting. Just to fill in the blanks, Umberto Eco sets out 10 points to give his definition of fascism. Number one, the cult of tradition, usually rooted in a specific chosen or elected ethnic group. Second, the purpose of fascism is to guide the gut instinct of the so-called people, without question or doubt, and to detest the principles of critical thought. Point three is a contempt for culture and the educated elite classes. Point four The fact that disagreement with the message of the leader is akin to treason. There can be no discussion. Those who do question the leader open themselves up to insult in the best of cases. Point five, racism. Starting, however, from those who represent external factors such as immigrants, homosexuals, dissidents, etc. Point six, taking advantage of the social and individual frustration of certain classes in difficulty. Point seven, nationalism as a unifying factor for those who don't have a social identity. This nationalism requires a constant enemy, such as minorities, foreigners, presumed elite groups and hypothetical international conspiracy theories. Point eight, pacifism is considered collusion with the enemy, since life is all about a constant, violent struggle. Number nine, all citizens should be members of the one single party at all levels of society. And number ten, the people are a single entity that expresses 
a single will as interpreted and communicated by the leader. Join us again on the next episode of Fascism 100 when we explore the early life of Benito Mussolini up until his rise to power in the 1920s. Remember, if you so wish, you can get in touch. Hello at ahistoryofitaly.com At the same URL, you can click through to our social media and follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Let us know what you think about this mini-series. We're really interested in hearing your opinion. Fascism 100 is researched and recorded by me, Mike Corradi and Matteo Marconi. Music by Fabio Debbi. Look him up on his YouTube channel. Until next time, thank you for listening and keep resisting. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.